Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I am very excited to have Dr. Lee Cowden with us. Dr. Cowden is an internationally known uh, doctor for practicing and teaching integrative medicine. He is skilled in in evaluative kinesiology, homeopathy, orthomolecular and herbal therapies, reflexology, neural therapy, and electroacupuncture, acupressure, as well as fixed magnetic, electromagnetic, and detoxification techniques. A U.S. board certified cardiologist, internist, and clinical nutritionist, Dr. Cowden now teaches full-time. He has contributed to many health books and is a co-author of Foods That Fit a Unique You, Create a Toxin-Free Body and Home Starting Today, Bioenergetic Tools for Wellness, How to Heal from Fatigue, Pain, Insomnia, Depression, and Anxiety, An Alternative Medicine, Definitive Guide to Cancer, Cancer Diagnosis, What to Do Next. He's traveled to Peru numerous times over the last two decades to help identify plants for use in supplements. Welcome, Dr. Cowden. So happy to have you. Great to be on with you today. Thank you. So you are internationally known for practicing and teaching integrative medicine, but people might not be as familiar with your faith. Can you share a little bit about how God moved your career and your life? Yeah, I, uh, God started uh, my switch to integrative medicine very early on, and uh, I had lived all my life in, in arid West Texas and got accepted to medical school in Houston. Uh, so I moved there in 1975, and uh, that, there's a lot of uh, humidity there, a lot of grass and weeds and trees and mold and fungus and other things that I'd never been exposed to before. So very soon after I moved there, I developed allergic rhinitis, then allergic sinusitis, then infective sinusitis, then bronchitis, and finally pneumonia. And uh, I was getting progressively worse, and I went to the chairman of three different medical school departments to get help and followed their advice explicitly, took their drugs, and got progressively worse. And thank goodness about that time, my wife's grandmother came to visit us. She was a school teacher and self-taught nutritionist. She had pity on me. She took me to the health food store, got me on some vitamins, minerals, and herbs, and I got well in about a month. And uh, I thought, my goodness, I need to learn what this woman knows, and I need to take with a grain of salt everything I learned in the training institution after this. So anytime I had time to... Uh, to you know, read, read or study something. I didn't study medical journals and medical texts. I uh, you know, read books on nutrition, books on herbs, books on uh, magnetic therapies, books on fixed magnetic therapies, and so on and so on. So I was doing that all the time. I was going through the rest of my medical school and residency and fellowship. So, so after uh, nine, nine years, I was pretty skilled in integrative medicine. I would uh, try things that I learned on myself, my family, my friends, but I was not using it on patients. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then I uh, did, did, after I finished the fellowship in uh, critical care and cardiology, I, I did that type of medicine for a year, and I was completely miserable. I, uh, I saw that I was helping patients, but only temporarily. They were they would all end up you know back in the intensive care unit uh, within a couple of months after they were discharged, and uh, so I figured out I needed to intervene much further upstream. 
and uh, switched over here to go to medicine at that time. That's awesome. And so then when you actually got started, it sounds like from, from what I hear that God really kind of moved your, your practice so that you were able to flourish and got a whole lot of patients all at once. Tell us how that happened. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess the most uh, memorable thing, I, I, uh, my wife and I decided to move to Dallas from St. Louis uh, after uh, a couple of years of uh, practicing integrated medicine up there. And uh, because we had a lot of relatives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And uh, I uh, thought, well, I'll just you know, get, get on the staff at the biggest hospital in town, and, and that'll you know, bring me patients. And they, uh, they uh, I was going to try to get an office in the, in the, in the medical building, but uh, I asked how much the, the price was, and it was extremely high rental. Price, so I uh, came out of the hospital kind of discouraged, and I, I looked up and saw across the street a sign on the on the shopping center that said "Office for Rent," and I thought, well, that's close to the hospital. I'll go over there and talk. And it was about half the price of the uh, of the, ho- of the uh, one in the hospital. And when uh, I went ahead and rented it. Uh, about a thousand square feet of office space, and I didn't learn until later that I had rented the office space right down the hallway from the busiest cardiologist in town. Uh, so, so God was watching over me, and uh, people would come out of the elevator, walk past my door, go down to his door, uh, walk in, ask his receptionist, "When can Doctor Choice is?" And she'd say, "Oh, about three months." And they said, "We'll be dead by then." And they would come out of his office very discouraged, walk past my door, and they'd see board-certified cardiologists on the door. They'd walk into my – and ask my receptionist, well, when can Dr. Cowan see us? Well, how about today? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and uh, so, so I got all of his overflow, and uh, I uh, uh, started giving them instruction about diet and vitamins and minerals and herbs and other natural things. And uh, I was using the – uh, free pharmaceutical-provided notepads uh, to write all that information on. And my re- receptionist said, you can't keep doing that. That's oxymoronic. <laughs> she said, I'm going to go get you some notepads. So at lunchtime, she went down to the office supply store and brought back a stack of, of uh, notepads that was about almost a foot thick. And it was lined lavender notepads. Oh, my. And I said, lavender? She said, you're going to use those. I paid good money for those. She was was a very frugal woman. I later learned she paid a dollar for the whole stack. Oh, bless her heart. That's great. But anyway, I would write the notes on, uh, you know, about the vitamins, minerals, nerves, and and so on on the uh, lavender notepads. And the patients would, you know, go to the uh, health food store, and they would walk into the health food store, and the health food store clerk would walk up to them, while they were looking at their lined lavender notepad, and and they the store clerk would say, "Well, what does Dr. Calvin want you to have?" She, they'd say, "Do I have a sign on me? How do you know I came from Dr. Calvin's office?" Well, that's his calling card. <laughs> the <laughs> lavender. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. So anyway, we we had uh, ra- rapid growth. Went from zero patients in 1987 to 4,500 active patients and 4,000 inactive patients as of uh, 1994. Wow, that's amazing. Definitely the blessing of the Lord. That's great. Um, yeah. So the story of you visiting Peru to find medicinal plants is just so awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about how, like, how did God supernaturally lead you to the herbs that you needed to investigate in order to make people well? 
Well, just just like God was giving me words of knowledge about patients in the office, he's, he gave me words of knowledge on my first visit to uh, Peru about the beneficial effects of uh, the, the herbs that we saw there. And uh, so when, when uh, I would hear uh, the Holy Spirit say, you know, that one, uh, and, you know, that's beneficial for X, Y, or Z, then I would, you know, let let the folks uh, know that went with me, and they would uh, say, "Oh, well, we, I guess we need to get uh, some of that and make it make it into extracts, and you know, see if we can uh, find some people that have that problem and and, and use it." And uh, and in almost every case, the, uh, the the results were amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you when the Lord would lead you to a particular plant would you kind of intuitively know what its properties would be or you would just know this is a medicinal plant, take it back to the lab and investigate? Or did you see people that popped into your mind or how did that actually work? Yes, uh, usually the Holy Spirit would give me uh, a word knowledge uh, you know, about you know, a, a particular disease condition that, uh, that, that, that that plant would be beneficial for. And sometimes it was more than one condition. And... Uh, the, uh, you know, sometimes I, I could see that from a distance, you know, I could look at a, a, a tree or a plant or whatever, I could I'd see that it, that it would have, you know, some, some beneficial effect and the word, uh, a, a disease process would pop into my mind, you know, what that would be beneficial for. Yeah, that's awesome. I just love how God wants us to be well, and he gives so many ways for that to happen. So it's, he's yeah. got all of this abundance in the natural world, and he just leads his people right to it. So, um, yeah. And so you are kind of, you've sort of alluded to the Lord giving you words of wisdom and knowledge with individual plants. What about when you were practicing? Did you get similar words of wisdom when they were right in front of you as well? Uh, yes, absolutely. And uh, very often uh, God would say, uh, you know, ask the patient about something. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, it was not something that the patient had been talking about or that was written on their history. It was just something out of the blue. And so I would ask the question. And, and very often, the, the patient would start, uh, you know, crying, you know, un un uncontrollably after I asked the question. And uh, I realized that, you know, God was using those questions and answers to the questions to, to start a healing process in them. Yeah, that's great. Very cool. So, um, and how exactly, I know you're, you're, a lot of your practice ended up being about Lyme. How did you come to be a specialist in Lyme and Lyme co-infections? Well, um, I was uh, hosting an international cancer conference in, uh, in Fort Worth in 2002, and uh, a, a naturopathic doctor that I knew came there uh, with her uh, grandson and said, my grandson has Lyme disease. He's been diagnosed by a Lyme voter physician, and he's taken all the antibiotics that the doctor recommended, and he's getting progressively worse. Uh, before he became ill with Lyme disease, he was an A student and an avid athlete, and now he's a D student and can't even perform in any athletics. And uh, she said, you know, what would you do? And I said, uh, we were standing in the exhibit hall close to a, uh, a booth where they had a cat's claw, a cat's claw product. So I said, well, 
this is supposed to be, you know, uh, you know a very broad spectrum antimicrobial. Yeah, uh, let's see if it uh, interjectively tests well. So she she know she knew how to do muscle testing, so she muscle tested them, and it tested very good. So she said, uh, "We'll go to the Lyme liver physician and you know get his approval to stop the antibiotics and start this, and uh, and then I'll let you know." I said, "Okay." So then they left. Well. I later learned that the grandmother had taken the, the grandson home, and without, and, and they took some samples of the cat's claw with them from the from the uh, exhibit. And I later learned that uh, the, the grandson, without even telling his parents or his grandmother, he stopped the antibiotics on his own and started taking the herb on his own. And uh, and he was pretty much completely well in about a month. And, and uh, he, he confessed to his parents and to his grandmother what he had done. And uh, so the grandmother went back to the Lyme literate physician and said, uh, you know, he stopped the antibiotics and started this herb, and he uh, got completely well. And the Lyme literate physician said, no, that's not possible. Uh, that was just, you know, happenstance, coincidence. Uh, you know, had nothing to do with the, that stupid herb. It was, uh, you know, it was... You know, the antibiotics that I'd given previously finally catching up. Mm -hmm. uh, and she said, no, I'm pretty sure it was the herb. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, she said, can you send me some patients that, uh, that haven't responded to the antibiotics so that I can, you know, supervise them going on to this herb and some other, you know, natural drainage remedies and stuff like that. And he said, Sure, have at it. Uh, you know, they're, they're not getting better with the antibiotics. Might as well try what you what you want to try. You, you'll see pretty soon that it doesn't work. <laughs> so we sent her fifty some odd patients, and, oh, wow. and every one of them got markedly better within about three or four months. That's great. So I take it from that story that you never did treat with antibiotics. You went the herbal route the whole time, right? Yes. Uh, after uh, after I started using the, the herbal products for Lyme disease. And, you know, uh, I, I did, you know, what I call the, the uh, trial and error type process. You know, uh, medicine is supposed to be a science, but it's really not. It's much more an art than it is a science. But uh, what I would do is if, if I had a patient on a group of products uh, based on muscle testing, based on some other, you know, other type of testing. Uh, and I wanted to find out if one of those products was particularly important, then I would stop only that one product and remain, you know, continue the patient on the others. And if the patient got worse, I said, yep, that was necessary. I'd put it back on and then pick another one to stop. And so after doing that for a few years, I became pretty knowledgeable about, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And so I, I uh, got a call from Dr. Uh, Richard Horowitz up in New York, and he said, he said I've got, uh, I've got uh, I think he said at that time, 5,000 Lyme patients in my practice, and, and 500 of them were doing very poorly. Do you have any ideas what we can do for them? I said, well, I actually I might. Um, so I sent him a, a, a written list of the natural products that, uh, that, that I had been using successfully for for treating Lyme patients, and uh, he he said, uh, so how, how do we use them? I said, well, here, you know, just you know, do, do it this way, you know, twice a day, four meals, whatever, whatever all the instruction was. And so he put, uh, I think, almost 100 patients on that program, and 
they they got uh, you know quite uh, quite a bit better. I mean, I, I think he said that everybody improved some, but the, but the average improvement in the group uh, was about seventy percent. And he called me up really excited about that. Said I'm going to present this at the uh, International Lyme Associated Disease Conference this year, and uh, and uh, I said, well, that's good. You know, share, share, share the knowledge. Uh, he, uh, he said, you know, 70% is really good. I said, it's really good for the 70%, but it's not very good for the 30%. What are you going to do about those? <laughs> and he said, well, what do you suggest? I said, well, if you'll gather about a dozen of them together, I'll come up to your office and evaluate them and see if we can figure out why the others are not improving. Uh -huh. He said, okay. So he did that, and I went up to his office, and uh, I evaluated a group of 12 patients. And... Uh, there was a variety of reasons why they were failing the, the treatment program, but uh, you know they were uh, most of them were not drinking any water. They were drinking coffee and sodas and calling that hydration. They were eating way too much sugar. Most of them had a mouthful of mercury amalgams that was poisoning their immune system. Uh, many of them had molar fungus uh, uh, in their house uh, or in their workplace or both, and that was uh, impairing their immune function. And uh, you know, a lot, lot of other things like that, but, but a few of them had resistant organisms and so on. So I went back and, and modified the program to try to address some of the things that we could, mod you know, could could address. I said in the in the subsequent instructions, don't don't bother taking this program unless you're taking unless you're drinking at least a couple of quarts of water per day, spread out through the day. You know, uh, ideally two ounces every 15 minutes. And uh, and so he put another large group of patients on that program and uh, reported after six months that 85% had improved. 85% of the 30% that previously had failed, you mean? No, no, you just put a whole new group of patients on. So so 85% of all patients were improving. And, and so, you know, if you got rid of the problem in about half of those that, uh, that had previously failed, but not all of them. And, you know, some of them could not... Uh, sell their house or move or remediate their house or mold. Mm -hmm. Some of them couldn't afford the, 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 the dental work to, to remove the mercury items and so on. So, you know, there, there's clear-cut causes for failures, uh, but uh, I, I believe that, and I found that if the patient is willing to address all the causes of, of, of Lyme disease, that about 95% can improve mm -hmm. without any pharmaceutical drugs. That's awesome, yeah. So you kind of alluded to this, but um, I have some Lyme patients, and I'm sure you've seen many, that are so sensitive they can't tolerate the herbs at the beginning. Do you have any favorite strategies for how to address those people at the beginning? Is that mostly about finding and removing obstacle to cure firsthand, beforehand? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. First, first thing you always do is uh, hydrate them, get them on clean food, uh, and start to detoxify them. You know, the, uh, the, the program that I had recommended to Dr. Horowitz was the first three days, nothing that kills bugs, only things that detoxify. And then uh, after that, start at a really low dose, really, really low dose, like one drop of the antimicrobial herbal and, and watch the patient's response. And if they you know, do uh, you know, tolerate that and just gradually increase the dose. But some patients can't even tolerate one drop. So in some cases, we went to one quarter drop. I had a CEO ask me, how do you do a quarter drop? I was wondering. I said, well, if you put a 
if you put a drop of uh, an herb in a spoon and you add three drops of water and you mix it and then you take one drop of that, what do you have? Uh, he said, he said a quarter drop of herb. I said, that's right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, a few patients can't even tolerate a quarter drop. So uh, in some cases, what you have to do is uh, resort to homeopathy for a time. You, so you, you, you find one homeopathic uh, dilution of one of one uh, microbe, make homeopathic dilution of that uh, microbe and give that to them, maybe one drop and then two and then three and four build up over time to, you know, maybe 10 drops. And then once you build up on the drops and start building up on the, on the uh, homeopathic dilution, uh, homeopathics become stronger as they become more diluted. So a 6x is uh, uh, one divided by 10 to the sixth power. And uh, a, a 30x dilution is one divided by 10 to the 30th power. So, you know, it, it's up in those, you know, 30x dilutions and, and above that the patients uh, finally uh, you know, get a fairly significant immune bump and then they finally overcome the bugs themselves. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Very cool. So, is there anything I have not asked you that you want to make sure that you leave with our audience? Any additional stories or tips? Yeah, I think the uh, most important thing for for everyone to know is that uh, there there are no such thing as untreatable conditions. There's only such thing as untreatable people. And what I mean by that is the person has a, a, a really negative attitude. They've been told, for example, they've been told by a doctor that they that they're not ever going to get well, and they believe it, then they won't ever get well. But 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 if they change their attitude, change their belief system and start doing the things that are necessary, in most cases, they can get markedly better or sometimes completely well. So if, if, some, if, if someone uh, has told a patient, you know, you're never going to get better, you're going to always be this way, then uh, I would say leave that place as quickly as you can and never go back. And as soon as you get out of the presence of that person, then use uh, the power of prayer to cast that demonic influence from the words that were spoken out of you like a curse yes, because it is a word curse uh -huh. and you know I, I don't think doctors and nurses are intentionally evil i just think they're uh, uneducated uh -huh. about the power of the word and the power of the uh you know the spiritual influences on a person's ability to recover so you know they need to you know come against that in prayer and uh you know that there's a story in uh, mark 9 about a uh, a man who took his son to be healed from seizures mm -hmm. and the, the jesus wasn't there at the moment uh, so the, the apostles were trying to uh, set this boy free from uh from seizures and from the demon that caused the seizures and they had no success and uh about that time, uh, Jesus walked up and said, uh, what are y'all doing here? And he didn't have to ask that question. I mean, he was God. He knew what was going on. He just wanted to see what they were going to say. So uh, the, the father said, your, your, your apostles tried to set my boy free from the demon that causes the seizures, and they were unsuccessful. If you can help him, help him. And Jesus said, if I can help him? And, and the man recognized his mistake. And he says, yes, I believe that you can help him. Help me with my unbelief. <laughs> That's 
Okay, so the enemy of, of faith is unbelief. And, and it only takes one word or one group of words spoken by a doctor or a nurse to create unbelief. And so we need to treat that like a curse and cast it out. Absolutely. And in that particular case, I also think that the visual of the boy having seizures functioned as natural unbelief to the disciples as well. So Jesus wasn't looking at any of that. He was looking right. at the power that he knew he had and what he was about to do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember if he did that prior to uh, raising the first person from the dead in front of the apostles, but, uh, you know, he, he had done many other miracles before Mark 9. Uh, and uh, so, you know, the, the apostles knew that he could, but they, but they had some degree of unbelief themselves, as you're saying. Sure, absolutely. So where can people go to find out more about you? Well, in, in 2008, I uh, worked with some other folks to put together a, a, an online teaching platform. And it's called ACIMConnect.com. Yeah, yeah, it stands for the Academy of Comprehensive Integrative Medicine. Mm -hmm. And CONNECT is about connecting doctors to doctors, doctors to patients, patients to patients. Mm -hmm. And uh, so ACMConnect.com has a couple of thousand hours worth of educational information about uh, integrative medicine. And uh, so people can go on there, become a free member, and then search for something that they have an interest in. And, and it's, there, there's a few free... Uh, archived webinars on there so people can you know, get some stuff free. But, but there's a small charge for, for a lot of the educational material that's on there. But if a person finds something that's, you know, looks very likely going to make a huge difference in their life and in their health, then you know, they, they pay that small amount of money, re, you know, watch that material, uh, apply it to their life if it helps them, and they say, that, that worked well, I'm going to go back and see what else I can learn. Sure. Fantastic. All right. So I will link to that in the show notes. And thank you so much, Dr. Cowden, for coming on and sharing your knowledge and your experience with the Lord. It's been great. Yeah, thank you for having me on, and I hope that uh, many people will benefit from this. I hope so, too. I want to take a moment to thank the sponsor of Christian Natural Health, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked offers at-home finger prick testing for essential fatty acids, including omega-3 and omega-6. Your omega-6 to 3 ratio should be about 4 to 1, but the standard American diet ratio is closer to 20 to 1, mostly because we eat a lot of processed vegetable oils in this country. This means inflammation, which sets you up for a whole host of chronic illnesses. We should really all be taking an essential fatty acid supplement, and omega-3 especially, but getting tested will help you determine whether you're taking enough. You can order these tests, uh, no doctor's order required, at T trylgc.com slash cnh omega and you'll get a package containing lancets for your finger and a test tube for collection of a small amount of blood and a prepaid label to ship it back once you receive the results if you have any questions you can speak to a nurse practitioner on their team again that link is trylgc.com slash cnh omega and enter the coupon code cnh20 for 20 percent off your order Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you, so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren Deville. 
If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.